Hey, isn't that amazing? You know, if, if you didn't know, you have a part in all of those ministries and so much more if you support the Heart for the Kingdom Fund. And, and so what that video is all about is just highlighting just a few of the ways that Heart for the Kingdom is advancing the gospel internationally. It also helps us to advance the gospel locally. A couple weeks ago, we highlighted all the ways that we are a blessing to our community, starting right here in our own church family. As we look to be a financial blessing to single moms and to to families who experience medical emergencies or unforeseen financial emergencies and all the way to the Middle East and to Africa. And if you invest in Heart for the Kingdom, you have a part to play in everything that God is doing through those missionaries, through those ministries. And so listen, I wanna give you my unapologetic request as your pastor to prayerfully consider how you can become invested in all of those ministries, and that's just a, a little bit, that's a five-minute highlight video. Think about all the ways that lives are being impacted, and we have the opportunity, the invitation. It's not an obligation, just an invitation to be part of advancing the kingdom of God, getting the message of the gospel outside the four walls of the church, into the community of Lawrence, and into our region, and, and into our schools, and, and into the places where people have real needs, and real hope, real hurts, and, and need the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what Heart for the Kingdom is all about. And so would you prayerfully consider, that's all I want to ask you to do. Every dollar that comes into Heart for the Kingdom goes out into other ministries, goes out to, to reach and bless other people, goes out to fund the, the purchase of the, the turkeys that we are purchasing to prepare to go and bless 300 families in our city and our community with a full Thanksgiving meal. People that might not get to experience that if it wasn't for people who have been reached and changed and renewed and restored by the love of Jesus Christ saying, now God will go. Now we'll go and we'll go knock on doors and we'll say there's no obligation, just a reminder that God loves you and he cares for you and there's hope for your hurting, broken situation. And, and, and we, we wanna give you this meal and we wanna ask you how can we pray for you because we believe there's a God who knows what you're going through. He cares, he's seen us through some things, he'll do the same for you. And so just pray and obey what God would have you to do. Twice a year we take an opportunity to just highlight that ministry that we call Heart for the Kingdom it's our missions, it's our outreach fund. And so maybe you're new to the church and this is your on-ramp to become invested in that. Maybe this is news to you that that's going on behind the scenes. And listen, I wanna again unapologetically invite you to become invested in it. Tithe to our general fund, that helps the, the ongoing ministries of the church, the youth ministry and all the things that goes on, the kids ministry, helps keep the lights on here in our building. But then Heart for the Kingdom is, is a special fund that we've created to, to just know when I sow into that, I'm a part of all of this and so much more. So would you allow me to, to pray? And before we pray, let me also just encourage you with something. Would you come and be a part of the Thanksgiving outreach on Saturday, November 20th. Today, I believe there's some bags that, that are still available. I think that we've committed to do 300 bags. We're gonna do it regardless of, of, of whether the church congregation goes and fills them up or whether we as a staff just go and finish it out. But would you grab a bag? Would you, would you go and would you involve your family in going and filling the bag with the groceries and the things that are necessary to have a Thanksgiving meal? And, and then would you also, would you sign up to go and be the hands and feet of that delivery, of that opportunity to go and to be a blessing? Don't delegate it. Don't entrust. It'll get done if you don't show up. But don't miss the opportunity. 
Don't miss the opportunity to maybe gather your own kids and, and in the midst of the blessing that God maybe has provided in your own life, go and, and, and let them have the opportunity to be reminded that, wow, we really are blessed. There's some people who right here in this very town, which is really a pretty prosperous town, there's some people in some hurting, broken situations. There's some people desperate, and we need, we're gonna go and we're gonna be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're gonna go and not just bring a meal, but we're gonna give a message of hope. Would you come and would you be part of that? And you can text Rev City to 94000. What that does is send you back a menu of prompts that you can then text the number back with the one that's associated with the Thanksgiving outreach, and it'll send you a form that you can sign up to serve and be a part of that outreach. And would you allow me to pray over the whole ministry of Heart for the Kingdom? I believe that what you saw up there, the church in the Middle East, did you know you were a part of, of building and planning and furthering a church that's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Middle East? Did you know you were part of that? Did you know you were a part of reaching street kids? Can you believe what Brooklyn Cole is up to? She, she grew up in this youth group right here, and now she's in, in Africa, and she's gathering kids who have been abandoned and rejected and giving them a home in which they are learning about God and learning about Jesus Christ. You're a part of that. So can we pray? I believe what God's already done is just the foundation for what he wants to do. That there's more, there's more impact, there's more opportunity. And again, it's not an obligation, it's an invitation to us as a church to say, yes, God, we wanna be about more than just doing church for ourselves. We wanna be about building the kingdom of God wherever you call us to go. Going and telling people about Jesus and helping them when they have needs. So come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for the opportunity to partner with you to partner with you. Your heart is to, that all would come to know Jesus. Your heart is to, to seek and save the lost, Lord. Your heart is to heal the brokenhearted. Your heart is to meet needs and where there's, where there's darkness, Lord. Your, need, your, your heart is for us to go and shine the light and, and meet needs in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you would just stir faith, stir faith, stir enthusiasm, God. This is not an obligation, it's an invitation. I pray, Lord, that you would do just like you did with Seth and Ann Brooks. Speak to the hearts of your, your people, your men and women, Lord. Put a, put, a, put a faith in us to, Lord, to come and so generously. And, Lord, thank you that you would just take everything that's given, Lord, every gift, the, the gifts that might seem insignificant, the very generous gifts, Lord, everything. Take it all together and then multiply it and use it for the building of the kingdom of God, which means the changing of lives, the reaching of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that you love people so much, you sent your son to die on that cross and raise again that we might have life, life abundantly on this side of heaven, life eternally when that day comes, God. And we just thank you. I bless this congregation in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we just put our hands together for the Lord and all that he's up to through us and in us? It's not an obligation, it is an invitation. Let's say yes. It's an invitation, let's say yes, let's show up and let's, let, let's, let's, let's go and let's, let's give and let's serve and let's see people come to know Jesus through us, amen. Hey, if you got your Bible with you today, turn to 1 Chronicles 14 and you could also turn to Mark chapter two. Those are the two passages that we're gonna be in today as we begin a series called Breakthrough, Breakthrough. And as Pastor Richard was here last week and he was touching on a passage that we're gonna revisit today, or actually we're gonna read the other account in the Bible of the passage he took us to last week, the Lord just began to speak to me because if you, if you caught what Pastor was saying, he said, I feel like the, the word of, of the Lord for this church individually and corporately is breakthrough, that breakthrough's coming. And listen, when, when a pastor stands up and preaches about breakthrough, it's easy for everyone to applaud, but what's that really look like? 
And how do we position ourselves and do our part to begin to step into what it really looks like in God's economy for us to experience breakthrough? And listen, it, I really believe, and we're about to dig into it today, that it's God's heart for you to experience breakthrough. And here's what I know about our lives is that at almost any given time, every one of us has some areas in our life that we're doing pretty well. Things are going pretty smooth, things are going pretty good. We're maybe knowing and serving God in that area, but then at the same time, we can have another area in our life in which we desperately need God to show up in. You could be doing good in your workplace and good in your finances, but your marriage can be suffering. How many of you know if that's true, you need a breakthrough in your marriage? You could be doing good in this area, but you might have a health challenge or something, you need a breakthrough, you need God to show up and do something that you can't do in your own strength. But God is the God of the breakthrough, and it's what we're about to read and God's heart is for in any area of your life where you become stagnant or stale or stuck for the spirit of God to show up in your life and for you to apprehend it and for him to bring a breakthrough that takes you beyond where you are today to the new and the more that he has in store for you. That's his heart for you. Don't get stuck. If you are stuck, don't stay stuck. God wants to come and take you, catapult you to a breakthrough of fresh faith and fresh courage and fresh life and fresh hope and fresh vitality in your relationship with him. I believe it with all of my heart, if you can't tell this morning. He's the God of the breakthrough and he wants breakthrough for you. Some of the breakthroughs might be real outward and, and visible and, 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 and they might gather the applause of people and other breakthroughs. It might just be God just showing you something in your heart that causes you to see God differently or causes you to see yourself differently and causes you to begin to align yourself more with what his heart and his word and his will is for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your future. He's the God of the breakthrough. Would you allow me to pray now over our word today? Allow me to pray now over the word right where you are. Come on, man of God, woman of God. You, you ask God to speak to you, would you? Come on, we're here to hear from God, not just from a man or a person. We're here to hear from the spirit of the living God. We're visiting the word of the living God. He's got something to speak to you today. He's got something he wants to do in your life today. He's got something that he wants to shift in your life today. He's got a place that maybe you're standing and you're stuck there. He wants to get you moving today. I'm just telling you it's true. And so come on, right where you are, man of God, woman of God, you pray and ask the Lord to do whatever he needs to do in your life. I don't know what that is, but he does. And I'll pray corporately. Come on, let's, let's lean in. Let's lean in. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we're here to encounter you, to encounter your spirit. We're here, Lord, to receive from your word the wisdom that is lied, lies within your word. Thank you, Lord, that you said that you came to seek and save the lost. You came, Lord, to destroy the works of the enemy. Anywhere where the enemy is lied or deceived or has someone in bondage today, you came to destroy. You came to break those chains, Lord, of bondage. And Lord, you came to deliver us, you said, to abundant life, abundant life, victorious life. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do all those things today. If anyone's lost, Lord, I pray that today they would become found because of your heart for them, Lord, because of your appeal to them by the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, anyone who today is in bondage or in chains or there's an attack of the enemy against their heart, their mind, their marriage, their emotions, a relationship, Lord, I pray today that the work of the enemy would be destroyed, overcome by the power of your word and your blood and your life, Lord. And I pray today, Lord, that as those things happen, we would connect to more of the life that Jesus came to make possible for us. It's abundant life. It's abundant life. It's life to the fullest. And we thank you for that, Lord. Open our hearts to receive, Lord, by faith, God, today. We have expectation for what you're going to do, what you're going to speak, what you're going to remind us of, what you're going to reveal in us today. In Jesus' name. And come on, if you'll receive even just a part of that for yourself, you ought to say amen. Say amen, amen, amen. 
Amen, amen. Right, First Chronicles 14, and this is the account of David taking his band of mighty men out against the Philistines. Let's read verse eight. And it says, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. David had not even sat upon the throne. All that had happened was he had been called and anointed and appointed and set apart for something. Did you know you need to be encouraged about something today? If you're facing opposition in some area of your life, if you're facing opposition in your marriage, if you're facing opposition as you are endeavoring to raise your children to know and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe it's because the enemy has heard about something that God has called you to. Maybe it's because the enemy is on, is on track with something that your kids are called to. If you're facing opposition, you need to be encouraged. Maybe Maybe it's because God has called you to something. Maybe it's because God has spoken something over your life. David hadn't even sat upon the throne. All they had done was heard that he had been called and they were coming after him. And it says, reading on, it says, David heard of it. And I love this. It says, and David went out against them. I love this. It's like David said, oh, you're going to come against me? You're going to come against my mind. You're going to come against my heart. You're going to attack my marriage. You're going to attack my family. He said, I'm going to get up off my spiritual couch, and I'm going to come right after you. I'm going to get active. I'm going to begin to discover my voice. I'm going to begin to discover the word of God. I'm going to begin to speak it over my life. I'm going to begin to speak it over my wife. I'm going to begin to declare it over my children. It's time for the people of God to get up and get moving. David heard that they were coming after him, and he said, come on, boys, let's get up, and let's strap everything on, and let's go to war, because there's an enemy that's coming after us, and we're not going to just sit here on the defensive. We're going to take up the offensive weapon, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and we're going to go slay some giants. God's done it before. He's going to do it again. It's time for us to break out of the spirit of complacency and lethargy. It's time for the men of God. Come on. Pastor talked about it. We sang about it today. It's time for an awakening. Come awaken your people, God. There's an enemy who's coming after your marriage, who's coming after your children. Uh, the evidence is all around people being taken out and people being divided and, and people being wounded. And I'm telling you, it's time for us to get up and it's time for us to say, not today, Satan. You're coming after us. We're coming after you. We're building your kingdom. We're advancing your kingdom. We're going and we're telling. We're going and we're serving. We're going and we're helping. And I'm just telling you, watch what God starts to do in your life. When you discover what it looks like to give away your life. David was in good shape as long as he was fighting battles. David was in good shape as long as he was contending for the advancement of the kingdom of God. The only time he got in trouble was when, you remember what the Bible says? In the time that kings go out to war, it said David sent others in his stead. And he stayed home, and he took a nap, and he got up, and he went out on his roof, and he saw Bathsheba taking a bath across the way. The only time David got in trouble was when he was spiritually complacent, not engaged in the spiritual battle that God had called him to. David said, they're coming after us? Come on, boys, we're going after them. And, and read on, read on. It says that the Philistines went and made a raid on the valley of Rephim. And David inquired of God, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? And, and will you deliver them in my hand? Listen, we need to be seeking the Lord. David inquired of God. David sought the Lord, his wisdom, his counsel. And I felt compelled to just ask. I don't know who I'm asking this, but this is the question the Holy Spirit put on my heart. When's the last time you inquired of God? When's the last time before you made the decision or made the phone call that you took the moment to say, God, what would you have me to do? What would you have me to say? 
Are you calling us to this? Are you in this? Take a moment to seek him. It says, David inquired of the Lord. We need to live and work and serve and give and invite people and share the gospel. We need to be doing those things like it depends on us. And at the same time, we need to be praying and trusting like it depends on God. There's a divine partnership. David knew he was gonna have to get up and get going. David knew they were gonna have to be armed for battle. David knew they were gonna have to fight some battles. But he said, I'm not going until I inquire of my God. Because if I go in my own strength, I'm sure to lose. But if I go when God says to go, when I go when I know that God is with me and fighting alongside me, I'm sure to win. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. The odds can be stacked against me. The deck can be stacked against me. But if God says go, we're gonna go, boys. When's the last time you inquired of God on behalf of your marriage, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your business, on behalf of the decisions that you have before you? We need to seek the Lord in a new way, in a fresh way, in a consistent way. So David's inquired of God, and he's involved God in his plans and his preparations and his steps. He's acknowledged God, and God's about to make his path straight. And the Lord says to him, reading on, he says, go up. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, go up. Go up, go up. Come on, we're gonna talk about that more later. You're gonna see what God's inviting you to. And he says, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means God of the breakthrough. I love that it says that David said, by my hand, God has done it. And it speaks to this whole idea of faith and works and of this divine partnership that there's some things that God is calling you to put your hands to. There's some things that only you can do. God, God can give you the grace and the faith and the strength to make the phone call, but you gotta make the phone call. God, God's calling you to some things that you gotta put your hands to, but he's gonna provide the grace and he's gonna get the glory. And I felt compelled as I was studying this and preparing to really look into that camera and charge someone to look into someone's eyes here and to tell them that God has greatness in store for you. God has a victory. There's a battlefield. There's a thing that he's calling you to. There's a thing that he's shaping you for. There's a thing that he's preparing you for. And there's a tremendous victory. I felt specifically like there were some young people. And listen, you can decide whether you qualify for that or not this morning. But I feel like there's some young people who God is gracing, God is calling, God is setting apart, God is forming, God is fashioning, God is preparing for tremendous influence. I believe specifically in the arena of athletics that there are some people, there's a young person or two that are listening, there's an area where God is gonna promote you and give you favor, and he wants, to, he wants you to hear this this morning. Just like David said, by my hand, God has brought the victory. He wants you to understand that you need to predetermine when you are put into a place where the world begins to look at you and, and be, the world begins to see the victories that you understand that it might have happened a little bit by your hand, but ultimately, God is the one who gets the glory. And I love what I've heard said before. That you better make sure that the light that shines from within you is brighter than the light that shines upon you. The question is, when you experience tremendous victory, who gets the glory? David understood. 
that he had a part to play. He said, by my hand, but he said, God has delivered my enemies. God has broken through. He's the God of the breakthrough. And I love this. It says, they called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means God of the breakthrough. And I said this last week as we were closing up pastor's message because he had touched on this passage in 2 Samuel chapter 5, I think it was, which is the other accounting in the Bible of this same story. And and I mentioned this. I said, you know what? He called that place Baal Perazim. It was a place of battle. It was a place of opposition. And I said this. You don't always get the choice of what you go through in life, but you always get the choice of what you decide to call it. You didn't know it was going to go this way. But you have the opportunity to accept what the world wants to call it, discouragement, defeat, delay, or you can look at it and you can say, I know that God is still working, and I know that my God is the God of the breakthrough, so where the world looks and says, that's a defeat, I'm going to look and I'm going to rename that place. That's the place where God is teaching me. That is the place where I am learning because I know that God has more in store for me, so it might look like a setback, but I understand that in God's kingdom, my setback is a setup. For God to show up and for God to do something even greater, even bigger than I could have asked, think, thought, or imagined. You get a chance to say, delay. Maybe you thought it was already going to happen. You thought the promotion was already going to be yours. You thought the ring was already going to be on your finger. Come on, who am I preaching to? And you get a chance to say, delay is God's protection and his better plan connection. Because what might seem like delay is God just keeping what he's got in his mind, what he's got in his heart, which is always better than what we can put together in our own strength. God's just getting you ready for what he's got for you. And you might want the microwave version, but come on, anything that comes out of the microwave doesn't taste near as good as something that comes out of a slow pit smoker or or a crock pot where those flavors have a chance to meld and form. You might want the microwave version, but God says, you just be patient. I've got something coming for you and it's better than what you had in mind. You don't get a chance to choose what you go through in life, but you will have the chance to determine what you're going to name it. And David said, I'm calling this place Lord of the Breakthrough. You know, this, this, is, this is cool. This kind of jumped out at me as I was studying this passage. Team, can we have the, just that verse 11 and be ready to show like all three parts of that verse 11 again? Because I, I saw something for the first time as I was reading this. And, and, and so, so it says, they went up to Baal Perazim. So, so they're going there, but, but wait a minute. I thought you said that at the end of the battle, David named it that. So why would it already be saying that they went to Baal Perazim? And the Lord just spoke to me that maybe it's because in his economy, from his word, the place of battle, from his perspective, is already a place of victory. You just got to start seeing it the way he sees it. They were going to a place that had already been named. How many of you know that it probably had a name other than Baal Perazim? It probably had another name that had been given to it by someone else. And they got the opportunity to go and to win the battle, and they got the opportunity to say, now this place is going to be named in a way that reminds me of God who delivered me from my, from my opposers, of God who delivered the victory to me. Someone ought to say Amen. He's the God of the breakthrough. I I don't know the place that you're standing in, what it's currently named. I I, I don't know what it's named. It probably has a name. But what I know is that today God wants to rename it. He said, aren't you glad he's in the business of renaming things? 
And the place of your battle, the place of your opposition, the place where the enemy has heard about some things that God wants to do in your life and lead you to in your life, and the enemy has shown up to try to intimidate you or to hinder you or to get you to turn around and go back, I'm telling you today that God is the God of breakthrough anywhere in your life, in your faith, in your marriage, in your heart, in your mind, in your family, in your health, where you are stuck, stale, or stagnant, God desires to be the God of the breakthrough in your life today. I believe it with all my heart. Okay, now let's go to Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2. And this is one of my favorite passages about breakthrough. It's one of my favorite passages actually in the entirety of the Bible. It almost preaches itself. So much packed up into this passage. And so we're going to read through it together. And we're going to kind of unpack some of the things that the Lord wants to show us today through this passage. And it's the passage of a man who was being brought by his friends in the presence of Jesus to be healed of a condition that he's had for many years. And here, let's just read about it. Let's let the word of God do the work. Verse 1, Mark chapter 2. And it says, and again, he, speaking of Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he, Jesus, preached the word to them. How many of you know we need to preach the word of God to people, not our own thoughts or opinions? We need to preach the word. And Jesus should have been pretty good at it because the Bible says in the beginning he was the word. So now Jesus is in the house preaching the word. And it says, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, somebody say, broken through. Come on, say it louder, broken through. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Because who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they, were, that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sons are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Which back home in Texas, they say, we ain't never seen nothing like this. story of a paralytic, a paralyzed man. And listen, I think spiritually each of us can relate to an area where God intended or maybe there once was movement and forward motion and life and activity, but now you look up and something happened, something didn't go the way you thought it was gonna go. Someone said the thing that they really said to you. Someone really did the thing that they did to you. And now something that was intended, it was created to be moving forward has become stuck. Today, God comes to say, whatever's stuck, whatever's stale, whatever's stagnant in your life, he's the God of the breakthrough. I think we can relate to this man. Spiritually, we can become paralyzed with fear, with doubt, with anxiety because of rejection. Whatever it is today, God wants to heal your heart. God wants to get you moving again. It says Jesus was in the house. 
And the Lord just challenged me to just take a moment and just encourage us as husbands, as mothers, as parents, that Jesus needs to be in your house. And he spoke it to me in an interesting way. He said, challenge the people to begin to take Jesus home with them from church. Challenge them that Jesus needs to be in their house. Challenge them that there needs to be the sound of praise and worship, not when just this team and the lights and the smoke and everything are going on, but there needs to begin to be the sound of praise and worship in their home. There needs to begin to be the sound of prayer in their home. There needs to begin to be the sound of of fathers speaking the word of God over over their sons and daughters. There needs to begin to be the sound of women who are on their knees interceding on behalf of their families. Jesus needs to be in your house. When Jesus is in your house, it becomes an atmosphere for miracles. He never intended for us to relegate him to Sundays and Wednesdays. What's it look like for you today? Just come on, just take a step to take Jesus home with you. Where Jesus will be in your house. Listen, I I mean, I, I, I can fall into the same trap and especially because I'm doing ministry and I'm preparing messages, I can look up and realize that my attention has been more on those things than on my first ultimate responsibility, which is leading my my wife and raising our kids to know and fear the Lord. If I do that well with you guys, but I fail with him, I've missed the mark. And it says Jesus was in the house and it says they could not come near him because of the crowd. They could not come near him because of the crowd. Ooh, there's a whole message right there in that one verse. They couldn't come near him because of the crowd, and the Lord challenged me to speak to the young adults in the room. And once again, you get a choice to decide if you qualify or not. That more than ever, you're gonna have to make a decision. You're gonna have to make a quality-determined decision As our culture in increasing ways is outwardly opposed to God and is outwardly attempting to remove the mention of God from our establishments and our institutions and is outwardly opposing the mention of God and especially the name of Jesus, that you're going to have to make a quality decision similar to what Joshua did when he said, if you want to serve the gods of this world, that's fine for you. But as for me and as for my house, as for me, as for my friends, as for me and And as for my circle, we will serve the Lord. They couldn't come near him because of the crowd. You're going to have to make a decision because I'm just telling you, in many ways, the crowd is going the other way. You want to follow Jesus? You're going to have to go against the crowd. In what way is the fear of what they think keeping you from getting close to Jesus. You're gonna have to be willing to say, I don't care what they think, I don't care what they say, I don't live for their applause and I don't live for for what they can do for me. I trust and I serve and I live for the one who created me and saved me and now sustains me. I'm willing to go against the crowd. And it says, Moving on, that four friends carried him. And I want to encourage you that you were created and saved for community in the body of Christ. If you're a Christian, the Lone Ranger life is not an option for you. Well, it is. But you'll miss out. 
you'll miss out on some of what God has called you to and some of what God has prepared you for and some of what God is, is calling you to do in the lives of others. You were created for community. He had these four friends, aren't you? I mean, what four friends would come around you when you get stuck or you get stale or you get stagnant in your life? Listen, I'm glad you go to church. But the call of God, the heart of God, the invitation of God is to move beyond going to church to belonging to community, to becoming known, to linking arms and saying, we're building something. We're advancing the gospel. We're, we're building the heart for the kingdom. We're reaching people and feeding the hungry and clothing people and helping people and praying for people. We're a part of something. We're better together. You weren't called to go it on your own and you weren't called to do it on your own. You were created for community. You need it, I need it. When I get stuck, I need you to come alongside me. I need four friends to come alongside and say, Pastor T, we wanna encourage you. We see something, we need you. We need you in the fight. We need you to get moving again. When I'm stuck, come on, help me. Come on, carry me, help me to get to the place of God's presence where I can experience the healing and the breakthrough that's in his heart for me. When you're stuck, come on, I'll commit to carry you. On Wednesday nights, I host a men's group. And I'm a part of Sundays almost every Sunday. But I'm telling you, some of the deepest, most profound, most meaningful things in my life of faith happen on Wednesday night when I gather, not with 300 people, but with 10 guys who open up our Bibles and we begin to study the word and we begin to share life and we begin to get real and we begin to talk about our weaknesses and we begin to talk about what God, God's doing and we begin to pray together and we come back the next week and we pray some more and we celebrate the ways that God's already moved and we're, we're holding each other accountable and we're encouraging one another and we're moving forward. God has created you for community. You get, would you become a part of it? Come on, you're invited. Come on, men, you're invited to my group on Wednesday night. If you all show up, we'll have to find somewhere else to meet probably, but that's a good problem. You weren't created to go it alone. This man was carried by four friends. And let me ask you a question. Are the closest friends in your life today more associated with your history or your destiny? Are they more associated to where God's bringing you out of or what he's calling you to? Are the four closest friends in your life, are they carrying you towards the presence of God and, and towards the presence of Jesus and towards his healing and, and his freedom and his forgiveness and his breakthrough for your life? Because I'm just telling you, who you hang out with the most matters the most. And you show me your closest friend group and I can just almost tell you the direction or the trajectory of your life. And it's not that you go and reject people, but you got to start getting some people who are going, going after Jesus and building their lives and their marriages and their families on the word of God. And then you'll get the grace to just kind of bring some of those other people with you at some point. We all need these kind of friends and we all need to be these kind of friends. God's called you. There's a story. There's a testimony. There's a healing. There's something he's done in your life. And, and there's, I felt like I just wanted to encourage someone today specifically that God is calling you in this season to use the influence that God has given you in this community to begin carrying people towards Jesus Christ. There's some people in your workplace. There's some people in, in, in the business community. There's some people that God has entrusted to you relationally. And maybe you're going to see something today. There's a spark that's going to come alive on the inside of you. And you're going to realize that part of the responsibility that the influence that God has given you comes with is the responsibility to tell people and to lead people and to even carry people if they won't go on their own towards Jesus Christ. We need to be those friends. 
The fullness of Christian life cannot and will not be discovered until one begins to give his or her life away. So he's carried by these four friends, and when they got to the door of the house where Jesus was, what did they discover? A closed door, a blocked door, an obstacle in their way. And and, and I don't know about you, but I think a lot of Christians today would have probably got to that place and just said, well, it must not be God's will. Or maybe we should just keep praying. But I bet this guy that was paralyzed was grateful that his friends didn't take no for an answer. And remember what we read? It said that they began to climb up on the house and they began to tear off the roof. And the word of the Lord for you today is that if you can't go through, you need to go up. If you can't get in, you need to look up. You need to understand that it might take a little bit of work. It might take a little bit of determination. It might take a little bit of perseverance, but it's worth the effort to get into the presence of God. And it speaks to that whole divine partnership of faith and works, that God gets the glory, but David said, by my hand. And I'm grateful that these guys said, by our own hands, we are not taking no for an answer today. What we carried here today that's paralyzed, we're not carrying it back home in the same condition. We're not taking a closed door for for an answer. I wonder how many people have allowed a closed door to cause you to turn around and go home carrying and lugging the same thing that you brought with you when really the door was just a redirection. Really the door was just a a temporary thing that just was kind of redirecting you to look up, that it wasn't going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. It's going to happen in a way that gives God even more of the glory in the story. And so I'm grateful that these guys, they didn't take no for an answer. They said, we're going to roll up our sleeves because faith without works, according to James chapter 2, is what? Dead. And so they said, we're going to roll up our sleeves. I don't know why I'm rolling up my sleeves. (laughs) That's the illustration right there. They said, we're rolling up our sleeves and we're getting our friend. We came to get him healed. But watch what Jesus says. They lower him down. And can you just picture it as the dust begins to fall into the room and a a beam of sunlight begins to penetrate through the room and there's a commotion and the people begin to scatter as the concern begins to build about what's going on over us and is someone about to break into the house and and they they claw their way through those those tile roof, uh, tiles on the the house and, and they begin to lower their friend on the mat in the presence of Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? He said, your sins are forgiven you. And I just have a feeling that if I was one of the four guys who had just busted my back to bring my friend there to get him healed of his paralyzation, that I would have looked at my other friend and said, does that mean he can walk home? (laughs) Because we heard that this Jesus healed the lame. And and we read the rest of the story. You know he's going to walk again. God's going to heal him physically too. But here's the point I believe is that Sometimes God bypasses what we want to do in us what we really need. And sometimes God realizes that until he heals something on the inside of you, you're not ready to run the race that he's called you to. And some of you today think that you need God to heal the exterior thing, but really what you need is for God to reach into your heart and touch your heart. Really what you need is for God to reach into the root issue and heal the root issue. And once the root issue, once the bigger thing, once the more urgent thing, because Jesus knew I could heal this man's legs and he'll walk for a time, but if I don't heal his heart and forgive his sins and bring him home and make him new, he won't live forever. So the urgent thing was to get him saved and born again and then he was positioned and primed for a miracle in his physical body because now something was healed on the inside of him. 
What do you do when God bypasses what you want? He says, I want to actually go beyond that and touch what you really need. You, you, you think that this is what needs to happen in your marriage, but actually God sees way back here when that thing began to happen and he sees, I want to get into that place. I want to heal that place. You, you think that I just need to kind of cause some, some, some circumstances to change, but I want to get into the root of the matter, the heart of the matter. I want to heal in a way that only I can heal so that you, when you begin to walk, when you begin to run, you will walk and you will not stumble. Man, I'm grateful that they didn't let a closed door keep them from getting their friend to the presence of God. And can you imagine, just picture it again, we're about to close. As Jesus is being interrupted and the, the, the dirt and everything's falling in there. And I, I, I think that what moved Jesus is that he saw in them, he recognized in them what he realized that he was up to himself coming to a world that had closed its heart and, and built a wall. And he was coming and he was willing to go and he was willing to tear open the walls of our heart with his love and his mercy and his goodness and his patience with us. He wasn't willing to let a closed heart cause him to say, well, I'm moving on. He kept knocking on the door of my heart. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Today, maybe he's even going beyond knocking because knocking hasn't done it. He's tearing off the, the roof of your heart because he wants to get in. I think he was moved by them because he saw in them what he was here to do, and that was put love into action. He wasn't willing to just say from heaven on high, I love you. He was willing to come, and he was willing to get into the, to the mess of our life. He was willing to get into the lids and the roofs and the barriers and the walls and the closed hearts, and he was willing to go and say, I'm coming into that very place, and I'm not leaving until I peel away the things that have kept me from getting into you, and I'm not leaving until I, I deal with the things that have caused you to, to, to guard your heart and to close yourself off. I want to heal your heart. I think he was moved by them because he saw in them what he was here to do for us. Come and get us unstuck. Come and get us healed in our heart, forgiven of our sins, healed in the natural and moving forward once again in the place that we become paralyzed. Would you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Man, and prepare your heart to receive. He's the God of the breakthrough in your life today. He's the God of the breakthrough in your marriage today. He's the God of the breakthrough in your faith today. He's the God of the breakthrough in your health today. He's the God of the breakthrough. Whatever area of your life, I'm just telling you, he is the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the breakthrough. Anywhere where you're stuck, anywhere where you've grown stale, anywhere where you're stagnant today, the spirit of God is here. He's in this place just like he was in that house. And today, would you just not take no for an answer? Would you, would you commit today not to haul or lug something home that you carried in today? until it gets touched by the presence of God and healed by the presence of God and healed by the word of God, you're leaving here different today. You're not gonna carry that lame thing home today. This, this moment right here is the moment where we together collectively are surrounding one another collectively and we're saying we're not gonna take a closed door for an answer. We're going up, we're going in, we're breaking through. We are getting that thing, that situation in the presence of God once and for all. It's been that way too long. Something has to change today. And we can't do it in our own strength. We have a part to play. We're gonna climb, we're gonna tear, we're gonna lower, we're gonna carry, we're gonna do our part. But ultimately, you gotta get that thing in the presence of God. You gotta get that thing in the presence of Jesus and this is that moment. He's in this place just like he was in that house. So here's what I want you to do right now. Right now, we got a we part to play. I want you to 
just be willing, whatever area of your life. Here's the thing I know, I said it earlier, but in every one of our lives, I promise you, there's some place where you need a breakthrough. And would you be willing to just do this? This is all I'm gonna ask you to do is just lift your hands before the Lord as if presenting that thing, that place, that hope, that dream, that place that's stuck or stale or stagnant before the Lord. And just lift it out in faith though. This is a moment for reaching out and breaking through. This is a moment for like that woman who had had that issue for a long time and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. That's what this represents today. My hands are out of my pocket and I'm lifting my hands before you, Lord, and I'm presenting that thing. I'm presenting that challenge. I'm presenting that fear before you, whatever it is for you. I'm presenting my marriage before you. I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I can't do it, God. I'm presenting that dependency or that addiction before you. I've been trying to do it in my own strength, and I can't do it today. I need a touch of the presence of God. I need Jesus to speak over. And as you're holding it before the Lord, the powerful thing about this posture is that as we're presenting that, and simultaneously we are positioned and postured to receive. Right there where you are, now just begin to receive the Lord's forgiveness, the Lord's mercy, the Lord's grace towards you, the Lord's heart towards you. He knows what you did. He knows where you've been. It's the reason he came. And it's the reason he won't stop knocking and clawing and scratching at the door of your heart, at the lid, at the ceiling of your heart. Thank you, Lord, that right now, right there, just stay, receive, receive it. Come on. Whatever you carried in today, whatever you lugged in today, you are not carrying it out the same way today. Thank you, Lord, that right now you're healing hearts, you're bringing hope, you're refreshing dreams, you're connecting people to destinies, you're giving people courage and faith, Lord, to go and by their hands do something that you will empower and grace them to, so in a way that you get the glory. You're the God of the breakthrough. You're the God of the breakthrough. Just now, now, now people of God, before it even changes, because maybe you might think, well, it's, it's all gonna look the same when I leave this room. Now I think what would really represent faith to God is just to begin to thank him. Right where you are, you can do it under your breath or out loud. I think there's, faith comes by hearing, so I think it's a good thing for you to begin to discover your voice and to begin to say, thank you, Lord, in that area that you're getting me unstuck. Thank you, Lord, in that area I've been paralyzed, you're healing us. Thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me today. Thank you, Lord, that your heart is for me to begin to move forward. And Lord, I, if, if, if people maybe you can't even summon the strength of the grace to say it today, I'll say it on their behalf. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing what you said that you'll do. You're, you're the God of the breakthrough. You're healing, you're, you're forgiving, you're restoring, you're getting us moving today. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. Stay in that atmosphere, and I just want to shift and give you an opportunity if you're here in this room or you're joining us online. And today, you realize that what you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you're far from God that maybe you once knew him and served him, maybe you grew up in the church, but life has happened and busyness has happened and you've gone your own way and you're looking up today and you realize, man, I'm far from him. You're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter and today the heart of God, he's calling you, he's calling you, he's calling you back home to a relationship that transcends religion. Or maybe you're here or you're online and you've never put your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ, confessed him as Lord and received the forgiveness of your sins, the washing away, the making new, the making whole. That's the heart. That's the message of the gospel. That's what happens when you say yes to Jesus. And listen, if that's you, prodigal son or daughter, or never put your faith and trust in Jesus right now, this is your moment. Don't delay right now. What I want to ask you to do is lift your hand high towards heaven. Lift your hand high towards heaven and say, that's me, Pastor T. I need Jesus. I need a fresh start. I need forgiveness. I need a new life.
And even if you're online, I think it's powerfully important that you would take a moment, you would lift your hand high towards heaven and thank you, Lord, for these precious people, brothers and sisters coming to Christ, brothers and sisters coming home to the arms of the Father. And thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Many precious people, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. This, these hands are an outward sign of something powerful and profound you are doing in an inward way in their heart, healing their heart, restoring their heart, washing them clean, making them new. If you raise your hands, you can lower it because now I want everyone to open their eyes, look up, and, and if, you're, if you're part of Rev City, you know what's coming. If you're new, here's what we're about to do. Every week, we pray this prayer of salvation with the people who have responded to Jesus. And we do it for two reasons, to just show them quickly that there's a family of God that wants to come around them and encourage them and pray with them and strengthen them. And that we also do it because every week, I, I pray this prayer as your pastor because it reminds me that everything God could ever do in my life, everything he could ever build, and I'm growing in God, but it's all built on the foundation of God's grace through Jesus Christ. So come on, let's pray it together. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior, and I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start and I give you that life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, come on, say it with a shout, I will never be the same. And then put your hands together with all of heaven for the precious people that came home to Christ today. Come on. Come on, he's the God of the breakthrough in your life. Some people just broke through to a new life. Hey, let's worship the Lord one more time together and Amity will come and dismiss you here in a moment.